You're listening to Run Hard, Mom Hard, presented by Treeline Journal and hosted by Nikki Parnell and Steph Moniker. We're here to listen and share stories of motherhood and life from the trails from mamas who run ultra marathons. We hope to be a resource and encouragement to all moms who continue to show up, run, and chase their dreams even after having kids. It's not easy, and we'll talk about all the hard and real parts that make up this crazy lifestyle. But we're also here to celebrate and inspire each other to keep finding their inner mom strength that allows us to show this sport new levels of grit and show our kids that so much is possible. Welcome to another episode of Run Hard, Mom Hard. So I have a little announcement today. Ashley Nordell is going to be a guest host while Nikki is off at school. And I'm so excited to have you. (laughs) Thank you. So um, Nikki's prioritizing school and it's been kind of hard to like get our schedules aligned. Um, So while she is focusing on school and learning and her family, overseas we're going to have Ashley and we're going to try to do that two episodes a month schedule so I'm hoping that we can get some fun guests on and I don't know get a different perspective for a little bit absolutely yeah um today we're going to talk about my attempt at a hundred miler (laughs) and (laughs) Ashley's 100 miler that she finished so (laughs) I like the intro to that one (laughs) I mean, we can attempt things. Sometimes it doesn't really all work out the best. So a hundred miler is a really long way to go. There's a lot of room for, um, mishaps. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. So do you want to start out just by talking a little bit about your hundred miler and which one it was and how it went? Sure. Um, it's, I feel like every time we talk, I'm talking about Arkansas and I really, (laughs) it's like, I do go other places, but this one happened to be in Arkansas. Um, I ran the Arkansas traveler 100, which is one of the oldest hundred milers in the country. Um, I think it's one of the original 800 milers. And I actually, I only signed up for it like a month before. Um, I've been kind of gun shy ever since, um, like in June, I was supposed to do a hundred and I, like kind of a non-running related injury. And so I was um, just sort of aimless and coming back from that. And so maybe like six weeks before Traveler, I kind of had in my head that maybe I would want to go out there. And so I thought I'd put together a couple of weeks of training and see if it felt okay. And then like when I got to a point of where I thought I couldn't mess it up, I would then sign up. And um, so, yeah, so I kind of, it was not really on the radar. It sort of happened last minute, but I just have a lot of those friends out in Arkansas. So for me, it was kind of like run a race, but also go and visit um, friends. And this one is in a different place than like when I go and do that stage race or the Ozark Highlands Trail. This one's a little closer to Little Rock and um, it's mostly Jeep roads, like different forms of Jeep road. And then eight miles of it on the Washita Trail, which is Arkansas's longest um, trail. So it's like 200 and some miles. It goes from the Oklahoma border to Little Rock area. And yeah, so it's, um, it's kind of notorious for being really hot. And I just lucked out this year because the one, the day of the race was like the one day that was just perfect running, um, temperature. Mm-hmm. And after like, I feel like every time I go to Arkansas, it's really wonky weather. So this was kind of perfect. I mean, it was like a high of 69 degrees, I think. Um, and then when I arrived, it was hot and the day I flew out, it was like 80. And so it was like this one little window of perfect weather, which just made for like, high finishing rates and fast times out there. 
Um, but yeah, I had done this race, uh, four years ago. And so I kind of had in my head, like if it all went well, maybe what I'd like, you know, maybe I could do a similar to what I had done before, but I also have that I'm four years older <laughs> and hadn't really like been that specific with it. So I really just didn't know. Um, there hadn't been great running leading up to it. that made me have any kind of confidence. So I just kind of went in and decided to, to see what would happen. And, um, yeah, it was a, it was a good day out there. So, um, I don't know what kind of info you want from me. Like <laughs> there's a lot to cover in a hundred miles. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I would just do like a, like the first half, how are you feeling? And then the second half, like kind of what your thoughts were and then how well did you finish? Cause yeah, totally. Um, so I was hanging out there with my friend, Mandy, who I actually coached her and that's how I met her first. Um, she had found me through Arkansas traveler because a few years ago I was supposed to go there and I'd had this fluky ear thing right before. And so I didn't go and someone had just mentioned that I wasn't there and she had, um, looked me up and we ended up starting coaching together after that. And now we've just become really good friends. And so I was hanging out with her and we just kind of camped at the race and, um, it starts out on like eight miles of gravel and then you switch to the trail. And the thing for me with hundreds is it's usually my stomach. That's the nemesis. I know we've talked about this, like it's kind of a, not a question of if, but when things are going to go South. And so the one thing I was just super intentional was trying to take care of my stomach side of it because this race, it only gains like 12,000 feet of climbing. Um, so it's a more runnable hundred than the mountain ones that I'm used to. And so with that much more running, uh, there's the chance of, I feel like if the stomach kind of going South even sooner, cause you're kind of pushing a little bit more. So I just wanted to be really intentional about keeping my heart rate low. And I really only took in calories that I could drink or swallow other than like salty chips that I would kind of crush up and kind of swallow those too. Cause I just get where it's really hard to chew and swallow. And like, I just get this gag reflex. And so basically it in was just, what's that even in the beginning of a race, not necessarily in the beginning, but I feel like in the beginning, maybe I almost eat too many things because I can, and then I can't do it later. So the goal was kind of early on to just start this pattern. Um, so I did gels, I did more in gels. Um, I wished I had brought more, but I was being cheap right before it and they're really expensive. And so I didn't have enough. Um, and then I did, there's this gel called like SIS and it's kind of liquidy. And so I put that in a gel flask. I put like a couple of those in a gel flask with water. And then at the crewing spots, I would just swap out and get a new flask. And that way I could just sip on them and not you know, like have to eat a whole gel at once. I'm that person for 20 minutes who's carrying a gel and taking like one sip and gagging it down. And <laughs> so this way I would just sip it with the water. Um, and then I was just trying to, I carried a hand bottle, which I don't often do in hundreds, but I think because, um, this one is just warmer and I wanted to be drinking throughout. And so it was like keeping on top of the hydration and keeping on top of the electrolytes. Um, and yeah, it's fun because the thing about traveler that makes it such an attractive race to go to is not necessarily the course, but just, it's so dialed in. I mean, the aid stations are amazing. They're all different themes. It's all the same Arkansas community that brings me to the other races. And so you're either running with those people or they're the ones working the aid station. And so even though I don't live there, like I come in and they are like, Hey, Ashley, and it just feels good to like you know, I feel like I'm kind of going to like, they accept me as a native <laughs> or a local, I guess I should yeah. say, even though I'm, you know, not a local at all. And so I think I like just the atmosphere of that race is what 
kind of appeals to me. Um, and you basically do like a 16 mile figure eight where you're on a gravel road and then the trail back towards the start. And then you do an out and back. And so the turnarounds at mile 58, um, and I would say I never felt amazing, but I never felt terrible. It was just one of those things where the highs and lows happened so much more frequently. Like it was just kind of feel good and then feel rough. I had a few, like I had a foot thing and I had an adductor issue that kind of popped up. And I think when you have a course that you're running so much, just those things maybe come on a little bit more. So Mm -hmm. those were kind of what I was trying to manage and kind of on my brain. But the thing about this course is you just have to run like a lot more than I'm used to. And so that's kind of mentally draining too. Cause like 30 miles in you're, you're already feeling kind of tired because you've run 30 miles and you're going through the 50 K in like a time that would be a decent 50 K time, but you still have 70 miles to go. And that's just kind of mental, like to feel that fatigue and know that for 70 more miles, you're going to be still running. Um, and so we just kind of ebb and flow, but then you get to this turnaround and right after the turnaround within like 30 seconds, I see the next female, which was Nicole. And I just didn't know, I never asked where anyone was. And I was just kind of doing my own thing. And I just didn't know she was right there. And so that kind of flipped a switch. Cause I just been having this low of just feeling tired. And you know, when you're by yourself, cause I didn't have a pace or anything, it's just, you get complacent too. And so suddenly there's Nicole right behind me. And I'm like, Oh gosh, like now I got to work. And so for like the next 10 miles, I think I ran every step, which was like uphill to where I saw my crew again. And then for like the next 22 miles was running, like scared with her right behind me. I mean, I'd like hear her come into the aid stations behind me. And then, you know, at one point I I thought I'd maybe pulled ahead a little and I kind of just glanced back and I see like her in the woods and I'm like, she just keeps coming. (laughs) And so like, I felt like I couldn't even like stop to pee or anything. Like she's just right there. And, um, and then she passed me at about mile 80. Um, and she passed me looking like fresh as, I mean, she just looked amazing. She made it look effortless and, um, and she was, you know, she just, she did fabulous and she didn't have a pacer either. So it's just like the two of us with like headlights in the dark. And, um, and then from then on, like, I didn't see her again, like she pulled ahead and she broke Ann Trayson's course record by, I feel like a good chunk. Cause I think I was within seven minutes of it and she had wow. broken it and she beat me by maybe like 30 minutes or so. Um, and so it was one of those where like, you never, you know, you always think a hundred miles is a really long way to go, but sometimes you're racing for, you know, a hundred miles and that's just mentally hard work too. Like in a way it was almost a relief when she went by, because I'd rather be chasing than have someone like chasing me for that long. Um, cause you just feel like you're constantly having to, you know, like you think you want to walk and you're like, nope, I can't walk here. And, um, and then in the last like 15 miles, when she was in, in front of me, that's where like my adductor just was really bugging me. So I couldn't lift my leg very well. And there's about a seven mile climb and it just kept falling. Like, I think, cause I would like just not lift my feet enough. And because I had a hand bottle, I'd fall and all the water would like squirt out of my bottle. And I just like, you know, there's no one around, which thank goodness. Cause I probably just looked like this disaster out there. And so I'd get up and I'd go again and then I'd fall again. And I'm like, it's just, things are starting, the wheels were coming off and things were right. starting to fall apart there. But um, it, no, it's still, it was compared to four years ago when I ran it. Um, just the fact that I kept my stomach together, like it's amazing how much more pleasant a hundred miler is when you're not puking (laughs) or you're just, you know, or just like the fact that I could kind of eat, like at the end, it got a little bit hit or miss and, um, you know, certain things were making my stomach not awesome, but to be able to run for that long and not have the 
overwhelming nausea that's normally part of it. I mean, that was like, I felt like that alone was a success. Cause I just come to think that like, I'm just someone who's going to have stomach problems. And so finding out a way that, you know, the next race, this might not work. And maybe this was just a fluky thing, but it's yeah. the first race I haven't thrown up at in a really long time. So I feel like that was a win. That is a big accomplishment, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and That's I mean, the awesome. next day it was a little off, but still, I mean, I think in a hundred, it usually for most people it is anyway, too. Yeah. The, the day after is always iffy. I've always had, not that I finished a hundred, but I've always had like weird stomach things. Like after I finish a race, like I'm not like really hungry. I don't have an appetite. Like I'm just like, I don't know. It's kind of like uneasy, you know? It told, And I think it almost is like then two or three days later, suddenly you get this appetite. Like right. you go from not wanting to eat anything to eating like everything in the house. Um, and that's how it, it felt like it took a couple of days. And then suddenly I was, I was starving. And, um, but you know, it's funny, like at the finish line, they offered up like free IVs for people because <laughs> I think they're so used to people maybe finishing dehydrated and mm. I didn't take one, but I kind of wished I had the next day. Cause I think I would have felt a whole lot better, but the thought of being like stabbed with a needle right after that, I just um, wasn't there yet. Right. Um, and then we had to go, we were just camping. So then we had to go back to our, our campsite and I was getting all these Charlie horses. And so like, I'd try to get in the tent and then my foot would seize up. And then even as we were sleeping, like if I moved, everything would kind of seize up. So I'm sure I was dehydrated by the end and probably could have used one of those. Um, yeah. I've never heard of that, but I, I know I, and I, I wasn't sure. Cause I know, um, Addie Bracey recently had, um, posted something about how like, um, you maybe like races shouldn't be offering them because I think there's something to do with like, um, doping, like you can conceal stuff in saline solution. I'm probably totally butchering this. Um, but there was something she had, cause she had received an IV for being dehydrated or something. And then found out later, um, that it, there's a reason that you don't want to do that. And I'm not sure. And I mean, with this race, it's so low key and it's not like we're getting drug tested and it's just to hydrate people. But I do remember thinking that too. And it's not like I'm going to a race where there is any of that, but I'm wondering if races are not offering that also because of this. And I'd have to look, do more research to figure yeah. that out. But at the end of a race, but I guess I know races. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it would have felt, I mean, I'm sure it would have been a nice um, you know, just to rehydrate you. Cause I think no matter how intentional you are, you've got to be getting yourself a little bit dehydrated during these. I mean, I, I don't think it's good for the body to run a hundred miles, you know, no matter how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. Yeah. It feels good for your brain. I'm sure to finish it, but like the rest of your body might be. Yeah. Some. Yeah. And I, it's amazing too, though, with like not having the major stomach things, like I could bounce back a lot faster. I mean, it just goes to show like how important the fueling is, but I mean, I've had some, I did a random race out here like a year or so ago called the infinity ultra. So it's kind of like a backyard style, but it's three miles every 40 minutes. And this one was at a fairgrounds and it was like literally running through a barn over a manure pile, like, oh you know, God. around a arena. And my stomach, even though that one was like, you know, you kind of are purposely going slow. My stomach just went wonky early on. And so for like two days after I was only eating like smoothies because my stomach was so jacked up from it. Um, cause I had been puking at that one early on and like through the night and just felt awful for days after. And then this one, that's like a hundred miles. 
like I bounced back fairly fast. Just, I think, you know, the fact that I could fuel and I wasn't feeling with a lot, like if this was a race that was going to take longer than, you know, 17, some hours, like I would definitely have needed more calories than I, I got away with the bare minimum, but just the fact that I wasn't losing, you know, calories out there. Um, and overall, I mean, it felt really hard and during it, I'm like, okay, I'm totally retiring, but I've had some that felt so much worse that in hindsight, I mean, or like just looking back at it, like this one was relatively, um, mild compared to the aftermath of some other hundred milers for sure too. And do you think it that's because of like the, the flask with the electro or the gels in it, or just because you were like staying on top of it a little bit? I think I was just being a little bit more intentional with it. I have a really bad habit of, because it's hard for me to get food in, I'll just kind of like not do it or I'll try too many different things. So like the only thing I took from aid stations during this race was chips and then Coke. Um, and so I wasn't trying anything new. I stayed away from citrus. Like I used to always do orange slices at races, but I, I think you can kind of get some acid reflux with citrusy foods. And so I was just, I thought this time I'm just going to kind of shy away from anything that's even questionable. Um, I would have taken soup out there if I wasn't being chased. So, uh, you know, long where I felt like I didn't have time to sit and drink any soup, but the salt of a of soup, I think is always helpful too. So, um, it was like, really like aid stations were kind of in and out and not waiting to see what they even had. And, um, and then just kind of eating little bits throughout instead of any big amount at one time. Cause I think that's a little hard to digest as well. Yeah. You need a bigger. Wow. Well, I mean, I'm glad that you didn't have any stomach issues for the first time puking. Well, I know, but right. I've only been doing this for 20 years. So I'm glad we dialed something (laughs) in at some point. I know, but I think it's just such a mix of lots of things. Like it could have been the foods that you were eating the week leading up to the race too. Totally. Just there's so much that goes into even just a long run, not a race, but Totally. Well, I'll even have short, short runs where my stomach gets weird and I'll, you know, just certain things that I ate before, um, or I just get a little dehydrated during the day and go run and you kind of get that yucky sensation that happens. And so, I mean, part of it was just, I think, yeah, I mean, Mandy and I just were making sandwiches. Like we didn't go out to eat beforehand. We were just at the campground and made very basic sandwiches and just kept everything super mild. Um, and so that probably was helpful. I always worry when I travel, cause I think my stomach gets funky, like with flying and traveling. Um, and so it did, you know, luckily in this place, it kind of played out. And I think too, sometimes just the stress of a race can mess with your stomach, you know, and maybe the fact that this one, I kind of, um, approached pretty low key, like signed up last minute, didn't spend a lot of time stressing about it ahead of time. And kind of went in with, um, you know, goals, but like, also it had been a long time since I've run a hundred and I've just not raced as much lately, maybe taking that pressure off and, um, and purposely kind of trying to keep that heart rate low. Maybe that played a role in it as well. I'm really good at like preaching to my runners things to like practice for their stomach. And I'm terrible at doing it myself because like, even, you know, how you, you should train with the food you're going to fuel with a hundred, but when a gel is $4, like I don't know. I mean, that's a very expensive 20 mile run. So I'll, I'll play around with it a little bit, but also, you know, my kids Halloween candy works just as well sometimes (laughs) in the training room (laughs) and it was free. You just had to take them around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I think there's, you know, and had it been hot, we could have been having a different conversation about it too. Um, it was like 85 the last time I ran it. And this one was, you know, probably 70 at the, 
at the highest. So that's a huge difference from, you know, coming from the West coast where we don't have humidity and we had a cold and wet September. Um, it was just, you know, it's hard to get the body prepared for heat and humidity, which is so different than what we run in here. Right. Yeah. That's it, It's hard. I couldn't imagine like traveling for a, a race because it is so different. I mean, even going up to superior from where I live, it's just a completely different territory up there. I mean, I get totally. the weather, but just the terrain and stuff is so different up there. So, yeah. And, and I think too, like I approach this one as a chance to kind of have like a girl's weekend as well as a race. And so I do think, um, sometimes when you're, your brain is not so absorbed in like a race and, and the results and like the stress of it. And the fact that I was just hanging out with people that I was excited to see, like that kind of took my mind off of it too. So, um, I, I think that factor probably played a role. Like, you know, when, you know, when you're signed up for something long in advance and you can probably think of this with superior, like it's all consuming and like all your training runs are kind of like with that in the mind. And, you know, we'll talk about it when we talk about superior, but like you have these things that go wrong right before that might not have anything to do with running. And that can feel like it's derailing it. Cause you've put so much of your energy into this one race. And so sometimes for me, if I can just sign up last minute and almost make it like, you know, maybe it's a, a way of kind of sandbagging it a little bit, but the stress leading up to it is so much more minimized because I'm reducing the stress to like the, from the minute I buy that plane ticket into the race versus, you know, six months in training. Cause that's the scout mountain I was supposed to do in June. I had focused on that, you know, for months leading up to it and been so specific in training and then to have it derail over something so fluky right before, um, kind of, it was hard to take mentally. So this one is one that it just was very last minute. And I think I do better with that, like where I'm just not putting all my, my brain into like a race specifically, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. Was superior. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <clears throat> so then you finished second mm-hmm. behind Nicole and in like 17 hours, 17, 20. Yeah. And so when I did it before I had run it in 18, 12. And so I kind of thought like best case scenario, maybe a sub 18. And I honestly, I didn't even look up what Ann Trayson's record is. And, um, at the end when it was, when I was like seven minutes off and not that it would have mattered this year because Nicole ran faster, but it would have been kind of cool to have like done that. I just, I didn't know. And, you know, in hindsight, you can always think you could find seven minutes. Like I'm sure I spent seven minutes on the ground with those falls and I could have like (laughs) rallied a little bit better, but, um, you know, in a way I kind of like, you know, I purposely didn't have splits with me out there because I find if I'm not hitting the splits, I get stressed out. Mm -hmm. Um, I knew a few areas just because I told my crew like, okay, if it's going great, I'll be here by this point. Um, and I kind of liked, I didn't, I purposely didn't have a pacer, um, well not purposely, but just when you travel to a race, like it's just hard to, you know, find someone in it, you know, put, it puts someone else of having to like, you know, figure out for, for them. Like that's a lot of time someone else puts in. And so I just kind of, um, it's one of those races where I felt I'd be, you know, I've done worse in the woods in Arkansas alone. I feel like I can probably handle a race on my own. And I went, you know, in some ways it's nice. Cause I, I remember at one point thinking if someone asked if they could jump in and pace, I, it was when I was, you know, I knew Nicole was behind me and I'm like, I felt like I was giving it everything I could. And I'd have no other energy to like have a conversation. And so I was telling myself, okay, if someone asked to pace, I'm going to have to let them know that, I might not be very good at conversation and cause I would feel bad. Um, and so in a way not having a pacer takes that pressure off, like you can just run, but sometimes I think too, having someone else out there, like, I mean, just the fact that when I saw Nicole that first time, it gave me this boost of energy, like sometimes having another person might be 
um, that energy you need to kind of, you know, get out of your brain a little bit, because it's such a focus for 17 hours. You're like constantly thinking of eating and drinking and how your body feels. And so the distraction of someone else can be a positive out there too. Yeah, for sure. Um, can you name like one thing that you learned that you'll take to like your next race? Um, yeah, well, you know, I would say one of the things that I kind of kept thinking about out there and I've actually um, shared it with some other runners that have done hundreds since then that I've coached is like the fact that at mile 30, I could feel so kind of dead tired and the legs could feel so like, I think in a way you think, oh, these are done. My legs are done. There's no way I can run 70 more miles if they feel tired right here. And then 10 miles later, for whatever reason, they just feel better. Like, you know, how everyone says like hundreds or peaks and valleys, like it, it really is. And so having that recent experience in my brain will be a good reminder in other races, like those lows don't, you know, aren't there to stay like they're there for, you know, as long as you do something, maybe intentional to get out of the low, like whether it's eat, whether it's, um, you know, I did bring music, but I, I didn't play it a whole lot, but every once in a while, like I'd put a song on. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'd say just that reminder and then just the takeaways with, how I fueled and how I was a little more intentional about it and staying on top of the hydration and the electrolytes. Uh, I, I just think in the past, I don't prioritize that and I kind of pay for it. And so I'll be, if I ever do a hundred again, these will be things that I'll test out and, and see if they work again. You don't think you'll do a hundred again? I, yeah, I'm sure I will. Um, yeah. I just, it's, I don't find myself signing up for them at the same rate I did, you know, even 10 years ago or even five years ago. Um, it's yeah. just, it feels a little harder with my kids right now to get away. Like they have strong opinions about it now. And, um, there's sort of that guilt factor and, and just the energy it takes to, to, you know, I could do a race that's local. I mean, that's also on me that the races I choose aren't always right around home. Um, but yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure I will, you know, during it, I kept telling myself, you don't ever have to do this again. It can be the, <laughs> the end, but, um, it just has to be something like, I'm, I won't just ever sign up for a hundred just to do it. It'll be something like that excites me or that I'm excited to go see people or something like that. So I feel like when I was in my twenties, like I would just sign up for races on whims and it was all kind of new, but now I have to just be a little more, um, intentional with like my time and, um, right. and travel and stuff like that. So yeah. we'll see. I, there's other adventures, you know, me, like I'm always like, even though I say never again on those, there's already, you know, ideas brewing. So some of them are longer than a hundred miles. Like, so I might cover the distance. <laughs> That's superior. definitely still on the radar. I actually would feel, I think I'd feel less nervous on the superior trail than that was our Highlands trail. I mean, just the superior trail is just so much more trafficked and it's so much closer to towns throughout. Like I know everyone says it's remote, but I've been on the re most remote sections. And even that doesn't feel as remote as some of those areas in Arkansas that um, yeah. I've done alone. So I think in a way it feels less intimidating from that perspective, more intimidating because the distance is really far. Yeah. But I know that you like more technical than more runnable trails so it's yeah kind of fun yeah more technical I mean it's not a mountain race by any means but it's yeah but it just a has rocks and roots so. yeah which uh, the Ozark Highlands trail has plenty of the the rocks yeah. out there um but the Superior trail also just looks like a trail the whole way like you could find it whereas I was looking back at pictures from last year and I'm like 
like it's just leaves and rocks. Like there's not even a trail right there. And that just brings <laughs> back like stress feelings. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> you guys haven't listened to that episode. Go listen to our episode with Ashley last time. And she was talking about her uh, FKT attempt and it was, it didn't go well. <laughs> no. And I, I found this video I took after the first night and I'm wearing like a rain jacket with a space blanket stuffed in the rain jacket. And I'm like, I survived the first night it sucked. <laughs> and the rain was just like pouring down. And I'm like, it wasn't supposed to rain. And you can just hear the rain coming down. Oh and God. that was like night one when things were still okay. You know, that was before <laughs> the snow came. <laughs> oh, oh, although it, I'm sure it wasn't fun to go through. It was really fun listening to that conversation. Cause it's like, it, it was just like bad idea after it was, like, it'll be fine. Oh my gosh. Right. Like, well, maybe not. Um, Mandy, the one who I was hanging out with at Traveler, she's the one who met me at the, like at White Rock at the end of this. And so we were reminiscing and she sends me a picture. She's like, remember this? And it's a picture of the bottom of my feet, which are just like white and trash. And I'm like, I cannot, I am so sorry that I sent that to you. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It <laughs> was obviously not all together. Um, I'm glad we're still friends, even though I sent you that photo. <laughs> oh my gosh yeah that was that was crazy yeah it's just crazy that it was a year ago too um because all these memories just popped up I mean it was literally a year ago like last weekend and um someone messaged me and said it was beautiful this year this weekend and I'm like of course it was of course it didn't snow this year (laughs) Ashley wasn't in town right (laughs) funny oh well do you have anything else to share otherwise it was really fun talking about um no, other than just if someone's looking for a good first hundred, I think Traveler is a great one for that because you'll be so well taken care of and they just have it dialed in. Like there's something about the Arkansas running community. And I think that's why I keep going back and I'm like a crazy Arkansas fam is um, like, I mean, in Oregon, we have a lot of races and there's a lot of runners and it's it's great that the community in Arkansas, like the trail running community is just so unique. Um, they're just so supportive. They're all, it's the same people at every race and they are just like cheerleaders for one another. And I think that is kind of why I'm, I just kind of keep going back is that, that atmosphere. And so, um, for someone who is looking at doing a hundred for the first time, I think just getting, you get embraced in that community and everyone roots for everybody. And at the award ceremony, they call up every single person and give them their buckle and time for every single finisher out there. Um, and everyone hangs around for it. And, you know, the last place finisher is just as embraced as like the first place finisher. So I, I think it's a testimony to just that community and, um, and they, you know, they put on just a fabulous event too. Yeah. Well, that's so good. Makes yeah. Me- but let's talk about, um, yours. <laughs> I think you just had going into your hundred like we need to talk about all the, I mean, whatever you want to share as far as like all that, but you just had a lot going on leading up to it. And I was thinking about you recently in this and like, just how, you know, a first hundred is so daunting. A hundred on the superior trail is super daunting. And then to to just have so many outside factors be a big part of your week leading up. Um, I'm just curious, like now that you're removed from it all these months later, how, what are your thoughts and how, how did all that do you think play into your first experience? Yeah. I mean, so obviously like you're my coach for the whole summer since January. And I felt like the most fit I've ever felt in my whole life. And my 50 before the hundred went mm-hmm. super well. 
And I yeah. felt like that whole, maybe not the entire time. Cause it's a 50 miler still, but right. like, I felt really good. I felt really good finishing. And I, um, and so leading up to it, I'm like, okay, I can do this. But I was, I think I was kind of like psyching myself out about it. Like how long mm-hmm. it was. And then there were just a lot of things that happened. Like the childcare fell through and my grandma was in the hospital and um, Amelia had a surgery the Tuesday after the race. And so it was a lot of other mental things. I don't even remember what, what all happened. Well, yeah. Aaron hurt his back right before. Yeah. 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 Every day you had another. He had a slip disc. You know. <laughs> so he was like walking like sideways and like bent forward and he could barely walk. And I'm like, how are you supposed to take care of me on the trail when you can't even walk? And he's like, I'll be fine. And I'm like, that's, that's not fair. I'm like, I'm just going to go up by myself. Like I was prepared to just like go sleep in my car. Yeah. I remember you texting that. Yeah. (laughs) And he was like, no, we'll, we'll go up there. And, um, and it was a great, it was like a perfect morning. Um, the temperature was only supposed to be in like the sixties, I think. And, um, it was supposed to rain like the next day, but it was scary to like leave my kids with my mom and then like get my bib and then go get our campsite set up. And then drive there and like see all the people and it was so fun like seeing everybody that was trying to do this 100 miler um the first four miles are on a paved bike trail so they're super runnable and I probably went out a little bit too fast but I saw a girl that I met during my 50 miler who was like a trail angel out there and it was so fun talking to her um and she was having some like IT band stuff and she's like I don't know we'll see how far I get and um but we talked for a long time I think for like close to eight miles. And then at the first aid station, I think we kind of got split up. So then I, I kept going or whatever. And I just felt like I felt really guilty the whole time I was out there that I wasn't with my kids. Um, and with Amelia having surgery on Tuesday and, um, it just, I don't, I felt really guilty. So I don't think my head was completely there the whole time. And I had texted you that like, like, I don't know, I don't know about this. Um, and I told Aaron that too. And he's like, don't say that to me. And I was like, well, it's how I'm feeling right now. I just felt like the first aid station, I was feeling really good. And I was like completely in it. And then by the second aid station, which I think is like 20 some miles, 18 or 19 miles. Yeah. I think it was hard. And then I fell and twisted my ankle <laughs> and I got to the next aid station with Aaron and, um, I was like, I, this hurts. I don't know. I I said, I can barely walk. I can barely run. And I was kind of just walking. And then it was nine miles to the next aid station. And I was like, I'll just, we'll try. I'll figure it out. And I didn't, I think I walked almost all of those nine miles. And when I tried to jog or tried to run, it was really, really painful. And so when I got to that next aid station, I did have a medical person, um, or a I think she was a doctor look at it and she was like well you could try to run but I'm like I I feel like I, I can't run she taped it up and we put ice on it and I ate something and I sat there for a while and then I talked to Ashley I think for like 20 minutes um <laughs> and it was just I don't know I think if I would have quit when my brain was telling me that it was hard I would have harder feelings about it but yeah um I think it was like 32 miles 
at mile 32 or 31. Yeah, that sounds right. Like um, and not being able to run. I'm like, if it would have been closer to the finish, I probably would have just walked it in, but having to walk seven miles. Right. And especially on the superior trail, which is so technical. Um, right. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I think there's something about these big, long efforts that the mom guilt and that like, like your kids could be driving you nuts. And then as soon as you're starting these races, like I get that same longing for my kids. Like I remember texting Josh and the Ozark Highlands child being like, this is the last time I'm doing something like this. Like I can't be away from everyone. Like it brings out all those emotions where you've been envisioning doing this for months and months and months. And you know, it's you, it just, I don't know if it's that effort that goes into it or just the, the overwhelming thing mentally, like knowing, you know, a hundred miles is just so overwhelming anyway. But like, I get that same sensation where I suddenly like long for my family that was like driving me nuts, you know, leading up to it. I know. And I, I don't know. I felt like it's like you said, it's, it's the longing for your kids. And I just felt like, I'm like, why am I even doing this? Like I'm spending a night without them when I could be camping up here and like going on hikes with them and like spending time with them. And, um, it was just, it was a lot of guilt, a lot of guilt that I've never felt before. And I don't know if it's because I ran more races than I have like ever. Normally I do one or two, but like last year I did one 50 miler and then I did like a 50 K. So really it's not that much time where it was like yeah. a 50 K 50 miler, hundred miler. And then like all of the training leading up to that. Um, and this summer was like one of the hardest summers I think that we've gone through. Um, so we did like my grandpa's celebration of life and then everything with Amelia, like we were in and out of the hospital pretty much all year long with her stuff going on. So it just felt like it was a lot of stress. And then I was like worried about the hundred and like just really wanting to finish. And, um, and I think it just kind of was overwhelming and I don't know, maybe my body took a toll and, and I had people at my 50 K it was the same um, with a mile to finish. And I don't think it ever fully healed. Yeah. So, I mean, I really truly think that stress in life, like how that plays a role physically on your body is, is huge. And, um, you know, you had all these things right before your hundred that were taking your energy and causing stress. And so, you know, like we say, the body doesn't differentiate running stress from life stress and all of that together. And, you know, like stress can, um, prevent the body from healing properly too. And you just had a really big year of hard events at one time. And, um, I would like, what are your takeaways from this hundred that if you decide you want to do one again, like, what would you, what would you want to do differently? Or what did you maybe learn from it that you think is important as a takeaway? Um, I think, well, I'm going to be working with you probably forever. Cause I think you <laughs> helped me a lot. And I really appreciate like everything that you've done with my coaching. Um, I'm glad your first thing wasn't like, I'm going to change coaches. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, you're amazing. <laughs> that would have made for an awkward rest of our conversation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just wouldn't have said that. I'd just, <laughs> right. See you later. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> no. Um, but also I think like when you were talking about um mentally, like you go through these peaks and valleys and like 
if it was my brain, like you can push through that because I've pushed through it in other races and you've helped me through that as well. Um, I want to talk about that 50K when you were messaging me because it was so funny because I was in Minnesota at the same time yeah. and Josh was doing that bike race. And so I'm out walking on backcountry roads <laughs> talking, I think texting with you. And I'm like, it is hot. I am dying here. What is this humidity? Uh, Cause you had it, like a super hot, humid day and you were doing this exposed 50 K and you pushed through that. Cause I'm like, okay, you're, I'm nervous for you right now. Are you like, and you finished regardless of all those issues you were going through. So, I mean, that shows your mental fortitude. And I yeah. think it's just so funny that I'm like out in Minnesota experiencing your same weather. And that's when Josh had to message me from a mile from the finish line of his bike race. Cause he was cramped so bad. He couldn't <laughs> ride the last mile <laughs> oh, I really forgot that you were in Minnesota at that time it was yeah. so disgusting and I also like more technical trails like I love Superior 50 but what was it Afton mm-hmm. is so runnable it's on like these grass it's just like wide Those open mentally prairies. harder yeah you see everything that you have to do yeah yeah and then you have to do it twice I'm like when Aaron was with the kids at like the halfway point, I'm like, I feel like garbage. But I think that race is a testimony to the mental fortitude that you push through. And like you said, I mean, there's the mental side, but then there's certain physical things that the body just can't, can't push through, um, you know, such as the ankle. Yeah. Um, and then I don't know. I think looking back and how much time like a hundred miler takes to prepare for and all the stress and anxiety that I had leading up to it. Um, I don't know if I'll do another hundred anytime soon. I think it'll be more maybe when the kids are older and like yeah. a little bit more self-sufficient and, um, cause I just, I feel guilty, like pushing them off on other people so that I can do something. It feels very selfish to me, even though I know like it's good for them to see me work hard. It's good for them to, or for me to have time by myself too. It just seems like extra. To do. No, I understand completely. And I will say, I don't know if it does get easier when they get older because they will, t- they have mine have no problem telling me that they don't want me to go for a run. Whereas when they were little, they didn't necessarily have the the words or the, you know, like my Raya, my older one gets very nervous. If I ever mentioned going to Arkansas, because she just still thinks back to like the tracker, not working last year. And I had to assure her when I went to traveler that this was, you know, a really different experience. And honestly, if I ever did an adventure again, I don't know that I would tell her at a time because, (laughs) you know, it's just, you feel this guilt that your kids are worrying or, you know, like you said, just the time being away. And um, yeah, it's a, it's definitely, um, a, a mental juggling act and, you know, you want the process to be fun and you want the race to be something that you feel you're celebrating. And so at no point is there ever, this has to do 100 miles to be an ultra runner kind of, you know, either, or there's a lot of other great things out there and adventures out there to pursue as well. Yeah. And I think, I think I'd like to do a hundred miles eventually. Um, but I told Aaron, I said, I think I'd just stick with fifties or maybe do a hundred K it's like what, 10 miles more, 11 miles more than a 50. You have that like wild Duluth hundred K. I was thinking about you this year of, you know, maybe something like that would be a great goal for you too. Yeah. I just think stay with 
within like daylight hours, you know, yeah. for a while. Cause then I nothing can- good happens when the sun goes down. No, no, <laughs> I know. And I like, so when I was done with my 50, Aaron came and picked me up and he had like ham sandwiches for me. And I, we talked a little bit on the way back to the camper and my mom was getting the kids ready for bed. So basically like all I had to do was like snuggle with them and then put them to sleep, which was really nice. And then Aaron and I laid together in bed and we're watching TV and, and he was asking me how I was feeling. And I said, I'm really sad that it's done and that I didn't finish, but honestly, this bed feels really good. (laughs) And, and we woke up the next morning and we got, um, coffee and I got a caramel roll from the Schroeder baking company. Oh yeah. I know that one. They're so good. Everything is so good there. Yeah. And then we went through rocks and Lake Superior and I'm like, this is what brings me happiness. Like being in nature, like with you guys. I mean, I love running and I will always do something like I want to not always have something on my calendar, but like be thinking about it. Like we're thinking about what I can do next year while we're Mm -hmm. on our trip. Um, but looking back at like, what makes me happy is like being on a trail, but with my family, like exposing my kids to that kind of stuff. Cause I want them to love this as much as I do too. And I like the time that I get by myself, but maybe not for 30 hours. Right. You can experience that's, you know, in a way you do like a 50 K and then you want to be around your family again. It's like a, it's helpful in so many different ways. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I don't know. I, I love superior. I might, I don't know. We'll see. I, I don't know if I'd do the 50 next year, kind of, well, it's in September. We'll see. Cause I want to do a run while I'm on my, on our trip. Cause we're doing yeah. six weeks or five weeks. Um, to some national parks. So, well, I mean, the good thing about ultra running and trail running is there's so many options out there and there's so many trails out there to explore and it doesn't have to look any one specific way. And you just find what part of it, you know, brings you that joy and then find something that aligns with that. And, um, lots of, lots of cool options to still check off your list. Yeah, for sure. And I think there's, like I told her, I said, I think it'd be fun if we did a trip we're trying to do a trip every summer. And if I could do a, a 50 K or a 50 mile or in a different part of the country while we're on that vacation, I think it'd be fun to do. So. Yeah. No, I think races are a great way to see different parts of the country too. Yeah. You know, you see them through different, you see a lot more of an area than someone who's not covering, you know, 50 miles by feet. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. So anyway, disappointed that it did not go the way that I wanted it to. But, um, I think figuring out like what truly makes me happy, maybe it's not doing a hundred milers right now. Yeah, absolutely. Wait until my kids are adults and (laughs) maybe not that long, but you know, just until maybe until one of them can pace you. Um, because Heather, that gal that I was hoping would be able to come up and pace you, but who's coaching cross country, um, her kids are, 
a little bit older. And so she could have, I think one of her sons paced her at the end of the race. And I think something like that's pretty special. And when I was running Black Hills 50, it finished with the hundred mile people too. And there was a, a guy and his son who's, his son was pretty young, like felt like it was in like 13 or so were running together. And I just thought that's pretty special. Like that's a way, you know, that would be kind of neat to have, you, you would be inspired to get to the end because those are the miles you're covering with your kid. Uh, yeah. We'll plan for that. I hope yeah, so. You got a little ways to go. Yeah. I mean, I told, I asked Joanna, I'm like, will you cross the finish line with me again? And she's like, I don't know, mom, I'm kind of tired. Like, <laughs> yeah. But you ran across it with me for my 50. And she goes, I know. And I was tired then too. I was like, oh my gosh. Okay. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you're fine. You have all the energy in the world. Like, you're- I know enough to share with all of us who right. could use some of it. Pour some in my cup, please. But right. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what, what comes next for, for me, but to be determined. Yes. We'll have another zoom call soon and talk yeah. it over. <laughs> <You're out. laughs> um, props to you. I think it's great that you kind of figured out from your hundred, you know, the takeaways and, you know, obviously being disappointed is a super valid, you know, emotion after, but I love that you still have those memories of the next day with your family and can, you know, bring it still was a positive experience in that way too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think, I don't know. I went through a lot of different emotions and then like people saying, you know, asking how it went or whatever and having to say that we didn't. And most people were very like, Oh, you know, it's good that you tried or, you know, it's a long way to go, but yeah, it's hard to say like, Oh, I didn't do it. <laughs> you know? Totally. Totally. It, oh. And then, you know, you know, you covered, over 30 miles on these trails, which the average person is just a novelty in itself. But I mean, yeah, that's all those emotions are super valid for any, you know, the finish or not finish of any of these events for sure. No, I was like, I did a 50 K and then I feel like I didn't even do anything. (laughs) Like you feel like you really didn't do much, but I'm like, I really ran like I still ran an ultra technically. Right. I mean, that is like a very long way to go. Yeah. So that's funny. Anyway, um, we're going to wrap it up. And I just want to say thanks, Ashley, for becoming a guest host while Nikki's away. We're going to miss her a lot, but hopefully she can maybe pop on and I'm going to keep her up to date on on some of the stuff that we're doing. And um, But don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on Instagram. It's run hard at run hard mom hard pod. Don't forget to get the you got this coffee blend from treelinecoffee.com. And you can use code RUNHARD10 for 10% off of your order and also get it as a subscription. Stay tuned for our next episode, hopefully in a couple of weeks. Thanks, Steph. Bye.